Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You're not going to be caught off guard that that day would, would come to you like a thief. That's what the Bible says. You're all sons of light. You're sons of the day. You're not of darkness. This looks back to the day of the Lord. You were formerly darkness, Ephesians 5, 8, but now you are light in the Lord. So what should you do? What should I do? Walk as children of light. You've been called out of darkness, 1 Peter 2, 9, into his marvelous light. So this is going to be the way that the end times unfold as I take scripture with scripture. So what should we do? Well, look at verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 5. So then let us not sleep. That's an idea there, not of death, but don't be out of it. Don't, don't be like the person who somebody says, that dude's just asleep, man. That, that's what's being said here. It's saying, don't, don't just be like a person who's napping through life and you don't understand the signs of the times. Jesus said, you guys can read the, the sky and you can say a storm is coming, but you don't understand the signs of the times. And oftentimes we say, you know, in an exhortive manner, wake up, church, wake up. Somebody uh, who was a former Muslim terrorist who became a Christian said on 9-11, the alarm went off in America and we hit the snooze button. A converted Muslim terrorist said, we got a warning. Just something for us to wake up and, and churches swelled and prayer meetings were unbelievably attended for about three weeks. And then we went back to our normal life. See, we need to be awake. We need to be uh, not sleeping as do others. The idea of sleeping here is a word that ties to and the lack of alertness here, but namely the word for sleep has the idea of moral indifference. Ah, it doesn't matter. And this fits exactly with the illustrations of Noah and Lot because people were making fun of Noah. In the time of Lot, they were trying to satisfy their desires, but they ignored the signs of the times. Two angels showed up in the town. Wouldn't that get your attention? Like maybe I need to get my house in order instead of the opposite. But this is what, took place. And to be asleep means to be morally indifferent or indifferent to the things of God. You just are not mentally alert. Those who sleep do their sleeping at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Group number one is drunk and asleep. They are unprepared. Group number two is awake and alert. Turn over to Matthew 25, illustration from Jesus. Now, Jesus gave Matthew 25 is what you want. He gave the famous Olivet Discourse, the sermon about his second coming in Matthew 24. And then in Matthew 25, he gives a parable or a comparison of the kingdom of heaven about 10 virgins. Take a look. Then the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 25, 1, will be comparable 
to ten virgins. A parable is a comparison, so you can kind of get the idea of what this looks like. Who took their lamps, these ten virgins did, and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were prudent or wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. By the way, the lamp of that day would not work without oil. So that would be like having a lamp in your home with no light bulb in it. That's dumb. Why isn't this lamp working? <laughs> well, you might want to put a light bulb in it because that's the way it works, right? So that's the, the lamp of the ancient world had to have oil in it. Some people believe these are torches that you had, uh, you had material on that you would soak the the, the uh, material in oil, and then it would stay lit for a while. Some, other, some others believe it's the smaller lamp that you put the oil in. Either way, it works. They were unprepared. They did not have the oil. Some people believe the oil represents the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Now, while the bridegroom, so the prudent took oil in the flask along with their lamps, the foolish did not, verse 3, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and they began to sleep, Jesus telling the story. But at midnight, very unusual time for the bridegroom to arrive, there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. He's here. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no. There will not be enough for us and you to go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came. This is the idea of an ancient wedding. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then, says Jesus, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Now, I think it's obvious that the foolish virgins here don't know the Lord because the Lord says to them when they knock, I don't know you. And eternal life is to know Jesus. Amen. So uh, remember with parables, go back to 1 Thessalonians 5. You got to just be careful. Don't read something into every little detail. But here's the big picture. They were not alert. They were asleep. They were not prepared. They were not ready. They didn't know the Lord. Therefore, they were not let in. And the idea led into the wedding feast here is the idea of let it, being led into the Father's kingdom. They didn't know the Lord. That's why they weren't ready. People who know the Lord will be ready. People who don't know the Lord won't be ready. It's just that simple. I don't think this is about a loss of salvation or they didn't have enough of the Holy Spirit. I think this is just simply they weren't ready because they didn't know the Lord and they weren't prepared for his arrival. But you are not in darkness that that day would overtake you like a thief. When the shout comes and the bridegroom's coming, we're going to be saying, oh yeah, it's party time. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And if Malachi's there, there will be spicy meatballs present at the feast. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> unsaved people are like drunken men living in a false paradise, enjoying temporary false security. If I could just numb myself, 
stay asleep. But since, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, we are of the day, we are children of light, let us be what? Let's be sober. That means just be paying attention. Having been, having put on, now here's something you can do because I hear your hearts and I, I feel what you're probably feeling in your heart, which is, so what do we do? What, what do we do right now? And, and if this isn't going to happen in our lifetime, and we don't know, but if these are the signs that we're to look for, and maybe the signs don't happen in our generation or whatever, what are we to do? That's a good question. Well, since we're of the, the day, and we're <clears throat> to be sober, let's put on three things. The breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope. Of salvation. See that phrase, put on? There's a lot of verses, and uh, these verses are pointed out when it comes to the armor of God, but there's something that we're to put off and put on as believers. We're to put off the deeds of darkness, Romans 13, and we're to put on the armor of light. Every day, brethren, please hear what I'm going to say. You need to put on the armor of light. Notice that it's called the armor of light in Romans 13, 12, the night is almost gone. The day is at hand. Romans 13, 12. Write it down for your notes. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave, Romans 13, 13, properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. One writer has pointed out here, we see the, the triad of Christian graces. We have faith, love, and hope. And these become our armor in days that are dark. We are to watch and pray. Spiritual armor is necessary for a spiritual battle and spiritual assaults. William Neal says, watch and pray should be graven on the shield of every Christian warrior. You've got to put on the armor, folks. I've got to put on the armor because this world can just beat you down into the dust. And you start looking at news reports and you start looking at division in the world and you start looking at different opinions in the church and you can get, you can just be frazzled and hopeless. And the antidote to that is to put on the armor of God, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse eight again, to put on the breastplate, it, it, guarded your vital organs, especially your heart, but it went from your throat all the way to your thighs. That's the breastplate. Put it on. It's the breastplate of faith and, and love. And in uh, Ephesians, I think it's 6.16, Paul says, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all, not some, but all of the flaming arrows of the wicked one. You got to take up your shield of faith in this crazy broken world. And I got to take up my shield of faith because the enemy is constantly firing at me to lose hope and lose faith. And some of you may be at a low point in your faith right now. And I would say to you, take up your shield, man. It's not a physical shield you take up. It's right here explained. It's, it's a breastplate and a shield of faith. Do the things that will feed your faith, your love. And as a helmet, we have a helmet of salvation Ephesians, in Ephesians 6. Here, it's the helmet of the hope of salvation. We have hope, despite what's going on in the world. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And you start looking at news reports, and you start looking at division in the world, and you start looking at different opinions in the church, and you can get, you can just be frazzled and hopeless. And the antidote to that is to put on the armor of God, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8 again. To put on the breastplate, it, it guarded your vital organs, especially your heart, but it went from your throat all the way to your thighs. That's the breastplate. Put it on. It's the breastplate of faith and, and love. And in uh, Ephesians, I think it's 6.16, Paul says, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all, not some, but all of the flaming arrows of the wicked one. You got to take up your shield of faith in this crazy broken world. And I got to take up my shield of faith because the enemy is constantly firing at me to lose hope and lose faith. Some of you may be at a low point in your faith right now. And I would say to you, take up your shield, man. It's not a physical shield you take up. It's right here explained it's, it's a breastplate and a shield of faith. Do the things that will feed your faith, your love. And as a helmet, we have a helmet of salvation Ephesians, in Ephesians 6. Here it's the helmet of the hope of salvation. We have hope despite what's going on in the world. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore gird your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely, 1 Peter 1.13 on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Put on your helmet, man, because you've been not been destined for wrath, nine, but for obtaining that hope, that salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is our destiny, not wrath, salvation. Amen? Not wrath, paradise. Not wrath, but in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Not wrath, but the wolf and the lamb lying down together. 
and the curse being reversed and new heavens and a new earth wherein righteousness dwells and we will see his face and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. That is our hope. And the one who spoke these words, Revelation 21, is faithful and true. This is where we need to put the helmet on, back securely and uh, celebrate who we are in Christ. Our faith, our hope, our love are energized by this beautiful freeing thought. God has not destined his children, his bride for wrath. No, just the opposite. The great day of salvation is coming. We've compared it to the Passover, and rightly so. When Israel was delivered from Egypt by God, they had uh, toiled in slavery, hard labor. They were sighing, crying out to God. There was doubt, fear, lack of faith, and then the Lord passed over and rescued his people. That implies to me that it may get hard before deliverance comes. If the parallel is to ancient Israel in toiling in slavery in Egypt, which is a type of the world, then it tells me it might get bumpy before the rescue comes. See, Jesus, the lamb who his blood, his death, his resurrection has been applied to our life, he died for us. Here's the gospel, verse 10. That whether we are awake, whether we are alive or asleep, whether we have died, we may live together with him. Gracious Lord, I wrote in my notes, thank you for dying for me, preparing a place for me and coming to rescue me so that where you are, there I may be. Jesus Christ has secured our destiny. Therefore, final verse, encourage one another. Just like we saw in 4.18, comfort one another with these words. Now we're told, encourage one another. Pray tell, how can we do that, brethren, unless we're spending time together? How can we build up one another if we're not at least together in a Bible study or in some way with believers? I know that this is a tough time, and I know we have a, a live uh, stream uh, group with us right now, and I know it's, it's a tough time, and... Some people are not able, but I'm just saying, man, we need the church now. We're in such a desperate time. And this is something that John MacArthur said. We're, we're in one of the most desperate times our country has seen, and we're shutting people out from the one place that they can find hope. To encourage one another and build one another up, verse 11, just as you also are doing. Keep doing it, brethren. Keep encouraging one another. We have... a. A uh, great men's group here at the church. And there's a group of guys that uh, Elder Ron was telling me about. Uh, I think about 10 of you guys, Ron, is that true? And uh, you text each other regularly, encouraging verses, prayer requests. And uh, it's been going on for months. And it's been a really cool thing for their lives. And if you're not connected in that way, that's one of the things you need to do. You could do that just simply by texting a group of people saying, hey, can I have your number so we can encourage one another? And this is the way this happens. Father, thank you for your living word. And there's a lot to digest here. Thank you that the day of the Lord is coming. It's not going to be a fun day for the world, but it's going to be a day of deliverance for your people, a day when we meet you, a day when you will rescue and wrath will come. And Lord, uh, Whatever the timing of that may be, here's what we do know. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in your time, and you're going to sum up man's day, and it's going to be the day 
of the Lord. And we take great comfort in that because the day of man, well, we've had our opportunities, Lord, and we can see what we do. And we can especially see what we do without you. We are good at making a mess of things. Now, with your heart humbled before the Lord, let me ask you, do you know him? Is he in your life? Is he your Lord and Savior? If you were to leave this planet tonight, do you know that you know him? Well, this is a way to make sure of that. And it's just simply something like this. And it's, it's simple, but yet very profound. Lord Jesus, pray it if it's you. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for trying to do my life without you for ignoring the ways that you've prompted and tried to get my attention. But I'm listening. Lord, would you save me? I turn away from my life without you, my life of rebellion, and I repent of all that, and I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for preparing a place for me, and thank you that you're coming again to make all that's so chaotic in such a mess, you're going to clean it up. You're going to make it right. I want to be on your side. I want to know you. I want to be prepared, whatever that's going to look like. I want to lead others to this hope, to this faith and hope and love. Just cry out to him. You don't have to have perfect words, but just make sure that you've decided. Father, for all those who are crying out to you, maybe prodigals who are coming home, maybe saints that have just needed a, a fresh word of encouragement and something to maybe uh, refresh them and embolden and energize them. I pray that that would be the case. I pray that you would encourage and build up your people through this word. I pray that they would have hope and that hope would be the anchor of their souls and my soul. In Jesus' name I pray. If you agree, would you say, amen. Would you stand? You've been listening to The Day of the Lord, Part 6 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1-11. through 11. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or the entire two-part series, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And just a reminder, Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. So if you live anywhere in Southern California, we would love it if you joined us for one of our church services or Bible studies or any of the many events we do throughout the year. You can stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. And remember, the Living Truth app is the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, I hope and pray that you've been encouraged as we've looked at the Day of the Lord teaching. You know, there's a lot to digest, and I'm sure for you, if this is new to you or maybe you're... Uh, you've studied this before, but you, there's some new concepts or things that you want to try to put together. Go back and listen again. All of this content is available to revisit on our podcast, on our website. And you can even listen to a, a whole teaching through the book of Revelation that's available. In fact, we have so much teaching available on our podcast and website. I encourage you to search Walk in Truth. Go to walkintruth.com and you'll have so much content that you can dive into. 
Now, as we have the weekend upon us, I want to remind you that Monday's message is going to be encourage and build one another up as we move on in 1 Thessalonians. We'll be talking about how do we build up other believers around us? How do we encourage one another in these crazy days? So make sure you stay tuned for Monday's message and tell a friend about what you're hearing. Now, as we approach the weekend, we'd love to invite you to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor, great church in the city of Corona behind this great radio ministry, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Now, we do two Sunday morning services, 9 and 11.15 a.m., and we would love for you to join us. If you're outside of SoCal, you can check out the live stream of the 9 a.m. service on our YouTube channel. You can get to that through walkintruth.com. But if you're within driving distance and you have been going out and you've been away from church for a while, it is time to get back in fellowship. And we'd love to have you. Walkintruth.com can provide directions for you or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars and find out all the info about the church. We'd love for you to come on out and we'll see you then. God bless you. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please consider becoming a monthly partner. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And thank you. And join us next week for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, about how to encourage and build up one another. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.